0: Mark 16, and uh, we'll just start, we're we're down in verse 17, and uh, again, we're dealing with the issue of the the signs and the sign gifts and so forth, and uh, we're going to just kind of get into it here this evening a little bit, and then uh, when we talk about the signs, well, let's just read verse 15, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And the signs, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Now all of these signs, again the sign gifts here... Uh, we, we looked at last time, and these signs shall follow them that believe. Believe what? Well, verse 15, go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So when they believe the gospel, all right. then verse 16, they're identified with the little flock, the issue of water baptism, then these signs shall follow. So there's a reason anytime you in scripture you see an issue of a sign or a supernatural event or a miracle there the there is a always the question to ask is why is the sign the gift the miracle go there what's going on well verse 20 is the answer to the question And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following, amen. So the whole purpose for the sign, the wonder, the miraculous event, the supernatural, the miracles is to confirm the word that was preached. And if you go over there to Luke 8, we looked at this a couple Sunday nights ago. Uh, Luke chapter 8 and verse number 1. Again, here's the Lord as He's out doing His earthly ministry. And it came to pass afterward that He went throughout every city and village preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with Him, and certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils. So the issue here is he he the Lord doesn't just preach. He had some miraculous demonstrations that confirmed what he was teaching, what he was preaching. So the message come over to Hebrews chapter two, Hebrews chapter two. So the message comes first, then the sign follows. To confirm to confirm the message. And that's how it works always. It doesn't work where there, there's the sign left to itself means absolutely nothing without the word of God backing up the sign, and in the sign confirming the word of God. And literally the message comes first, then that then the sign's gonna follow. And the sign is validating the claim. That the, Whatever the claim is that that message is making, the sign validates that. Hebrews 2, in Hebrews 2, this is a great passage uh, that demonstrates that in Acts, early Acts, nothing new is on the scene. It's just simply a continuation of the earthly ministry, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Acts 2, verse 3, for if the word, I'm, I'm sorry, 2, verse 3, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which, so, all right, so neglect so great salvation. Well, what, what what's that? Which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord. So there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And was confirmed to us by them that heard him. God also bearing them witnesses both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. There's early Acts. So they confirmed what he preached. The Holy Spirit then when he's on scene, Acts 2, he confirms the word further with signs. So the Acts period is literally confirming the gospel message and now it's being confirmed with the presence of the Holy Spirit. The point is, is when you when we get in, when we talk about signs, you have to be very. Uh, come back with me to Exodus chapter four. I know we looked at this last time, that we were, but I want to go back real quick just and catch a couple things because when we. And by the way, Mark. This is what Mark 16 is talking about. That little flock as they gather together now. At the at here post-resurrection, he's given. He's about to ascend. He's about to leave them, and he's gonna. He's giving them information as they go out into Israel and preach and convert and show. And the Holy Spirit then is gonna come. Acts two, and that ministry of that little flock to the nation. By the way, and also to the Gentiles. That's every creature, and we've looked at that in Luke twenty-four. It's beginning at Jerusalem. Acts 1.8, or, or Yeah, 1-8 there, it begins in Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, then the uttermost parts. So as they begin to now go do their ministry, what are they going to do? They're going to preach the gospel of the kingdom, which in Acts rolls into the gospel of the circumcision. and Same, same message, but now that audience is expanded. Oh, that's an airplane. I thought it was rain. This morning, it was really raining at our house, woke us up, and so I thought we were going to be Noah, needed a boat, and I'm sitting there going, I think church needed to buy a pontoon boat, you know, and park it at the preacher's house, you know. <laughs> That's a joke. It wouldn't hurt, but it's a joke. <laughs> For those, and so I don't play golf. I, I like to ride on the pontoon boat, you know. <laughs> Exodus 4. So as, um, the, so the... The gifts, the signs, the miracles, they're all designed, the purpose of them is to confirm the word. And it's always been this way. In Exodus 4, we've got Moses, the deliverer is coming for Israel. Moses gets those two great signs, the two great categories, the unclean spirits and the healing the sick, the disease. And those signs, again, are those two great signs here. He's going to take his rod. It becomes a serpent, picks the serpent up, back to the rod, and then he takes his hand, puts it in, pulls it out. It's leprous. Uh, 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 The the serpent is a picture of the curse that comes about, that's got him in satanic captivity and the satanic policy of evil. That's the serpent. By the way, if he's grabbing him by the tail, that means the serpent is running away from him, not at him. Then you've got the leprous, the sign of the curse of sin and, and the corruption of, of the flesh. So it's in and it's out. But those two great signs are going are to be manifested and performed by the Messiah. And that's what the Lord's doing here as he comes and as he goes to his earthly ministry. He's going to do it, and now he's giving it to... The, uh, uh, to the little flock to do. They can pick up, they can deal with the serpents. They can drink the deadly thing. They got all this, they're healing people. They've, they've got all the power now, As Mark 16, as he's about to leave. But notice in, in Exodus 4, verse 5, the reason that he gave the sign to Moses that they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, that God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, hath appeared unto thee. So Moses tells them the message, and then what does the serpent sign? And what do they? And its design, its purpose is to get them to confirm that Jehovah has talked to Moses, because that's the message. The message in chapter three is is Jehovah sent me, and here's the sign that confirms that. Now, if you draw your eye to verse 29, and Moses and Aaron went and and gathered together all the elders of the children of Israel, and Aaron spake all the words which the Lord had spoken unto Moses, and did the signs in the sight of the people. Signs, plural, the two signs, the the rod and the hand in the bosom. And the people believed. See so, and when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel and that He had looked upon their affliction, then they bowed their heads and worshipped. They heard He spoke the message to them. Verse thirty, He spake all the words, and then He does the sign, and that is the order of the sign gifts in Scripture of all, all the way through. Here's the message. And here's the sign that validates the message being from God. Now, come over to Psalms 74. So, in the, ver- the whole purpose is to confirm the word that's preached. They're going to believe the word, and then the sign confirms it. So, when we talk about the sign gifts, there's some questions to ask as we do this. All right. The first question is the why question. What's the purpose of the sign? Well, it's to confirm the word preached. Why was that sign done? By the way, no sign is done by itself. When it's done by itself and it's not confirming a word, then it's not believed. It, and we'll look at this as, as we, we get down into Deuteronomy 13 at, toward the end. We'll see this issue here because what happens is is Sometimes things happen that are called serendipity. (laughs) Some things happen just because that's the way life works, that moment. Have you ever had that? I've had that happen a couple times, and I know people that have where things just, you know, something good just happened, and they go, praise the Lord. Woohoo! look at that. God's blessing me. No, he's not. He's already blessed you. He's not doing more. See, we give God we we praise the Lord, we we curse God when it's good things happen bad things happen to good people, and then we don't really thank the Lord when the good things happen in life. See, so there's a there's a flow here that you have to be careful because in the scripture that sign has to be att- attached to a message preached. So if something happens, then the question we're gonna get to it is what verse was that attack, was that confirming say and not, and this is why mark 16 is such a problem for Christian dumb the evangelicals they I have a note here the, the evangelicals they love 16:15 because it's believe the gospel and boom you're in and then they discount 1617 and 18 wow well, we don't do that then you get into sixteen sixteen, uh, he that believe and is baptized. So there's the Church of Christ. There's the Catholics. There's all you know all of that. You know they And then you get to chapter verse seventeen where now we've got the Pentecostal Church because they can t- talk tongue talk. And then you got the Apostolics and so forth. Where now we're handling serpents and and it's like and what happens is is nobody can handle it. Everybody gets all upset and it gets really problematic. Because they fail to what? Rightly divide the word. They take it, bring it in on us, and it isn't on us. Because the second question to ask is, who are the signs for? So the first question is, is why? What's the purpose of that sign? It's to confirm the word preached. Then the second question is, who are they for? Well, Psalm 74 and verse 9. And here's Asaph, and he says we see not our signs. There is no more any prophet neither is there among us any that knoweth how long. There, who does the who's the people of Asaph? Israel. Come over to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And Paul tells us this. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 22. 1 Corinthians 1:22. 1, you see signs are given by God to confirm the word preached to Israel. Nothing more. It has nothing to do with you and I. It, is, it is, belongs to the Jews. Again, Paul, verse 22, For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after women. What are they requiring? A confirmation of the message. So when you come over to like John 4, run over there to John 4. So the, the the issue, when you talk about the sign and the sign program and everything, John 4, you have to, you have, again, why, what's the purpose of it? What's the purpose of the sign? Boom. Confirm the message preached. Confirm the word. But then who do they belong to? Well, they belong to Israel, and it's part of Israel's program. John 4:46 So Jesus came again into Cana of Galilee where he made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then said Jesus unto him, Except ye see signs and wonders, ye will not believe. That is clear. Who do they belong for, to? Israel. We, in order to believe the word, what do we need? We need a sign that's confirming the word. So, the, again, the problem with Mark 16 is that they just don't work today. And when they don't work, then we're going to get into that next, really a big category, and that's that they begin to counterfeit it. And then they begin to fake it. And then they go faking it, and, and and the next thing you know, you're like, wait, but what solves the issue is why is, what's the sign for? It's to confirm a word. So when somebody says, I've got the gift of, by the way, it's interesting, nobody wants the gift of giving. Everybody wants all the other gifts, but never that gift of giving, you know. But when somebody says, "Hey, I've got the gift of," what verse is that validating? Say, well, you know, and 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 I'll tell you what: nine point nine percent of the time, out of nine point nine out of ten, know nothing about the confirmation issue. They're all they're just looking for a special hitch at church, and it's not that at all. So. The problem with Mark 16 is that they don't work, and then they then don't function like Scripture says they are to function. Come over to 1 Corinthians 14. And really, the rest of the evening, I just want to kind of talk about this because, and and look at 1 Corinthians and then look at Ephesians, because Paul... There's some things here that Paul says about them because of who Paul is and what's going on. Again, why are they given? Confirm the word. Who do they belong to? The nation of Israel. And then what happens then, really that third issue, is that they can be counterfeited. All right? Look at 14. Look at 1 Corinthians 14, verse 22, just so you think about this. Wherefore, tongues are for a what? So the tongue talking is a sign, and we have it's part of the sign program. Now, again, who are the signs for? The Jews, Israel. Now, come over to Romans, Hold, stick something in 1 Corinthians if you got something to stick in there. Romans fourteen. I'm sorry. Romans eleven. So we, if if the sign program is for Israel, then where is Israel today in the dispensation of the grace of God? Well, Romans eleven eleven. I say then, have they? That's Israel. Stumbled that they should fall. God forbid. But rather through their fall, salvation has come unto the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. So, where is Israel today? Fallen. So, if this gift program belongs to Israel and Israel has fallen, then what has happened to the gift program? It's fallen. It's not a, and that's, and again, Rick didn't say that. Paul said it, the scripture said it, you can get mad at God's word because that's what God's word just told us. Why are the signs given? Confirm the word so that they'll believe. Who do they belong to? Israel. What's the status of Israel today? Fallen. Then what is the status of of the program? Fallen. Now look down at verse 28 and I'll get you even a little more mad at me. As concerning the gospel, they, that's Israel, are enemies for your sake. But as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sake. You see that You see that issue? They are enemies for, they're enemies of the cross, they're enemies of the gospel. So if you're following Israel's program today, then you're following a program that makes you an enemy of the cross. I just rubbed you all the wrong way, see? I didn't say it, God's word says it. But when you start thinking when you get out of the hysteria of it and you start thinking about what do these verses say? Why Matthew, Mark 16:20 confirm the word. Who does it belong to? Israel kingdom, Israel program. What's Israel doing today? They're fallen. Actually, they've become enemies to the gospel, the cross. So if I'm following that, then where am I? I'm an, I'm, an enemy, I'm an enemy, combatant. Now, the problem in Mark 16 is people don't like, they really can't say what I just said because <laughs> they'd empty the room out, see. And, it come, and again, you're in Romans 11, all right? Verse 13, Paul says, For I speak to you, Gentiles. And as much as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify in my office. There is plenty. There's a transition through the book of Acts. That's why in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul would say, I've spoke more. i I've spoke more than any of you in the tongues and so forth. Okay? Actually, come over to 1 Corinthians 13. You see, there's a transition. Paul does. By the way, Paul does the sign gifts. And again, why would Paul be doing that? Romans 11:11, 11, 11, provoking them to jealousy. And you have to remember that. And I, we had a guy here years ago, uh, we were on baseline, so that's how far back it goes. What did I tell you? 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13, and he would, man, he would, well, Paul did, Paul raised the dead. I go, "Yes." provoking them to jealousy. Well, Paul did this, provoking, and he goes, would you get off that Romans 11, 11? I go, that's the answer, because he was trying to raise the dead. Now, by the way, today, I've been reading some of this stuff about that AI, the artificial, and you can make people do a lot of things that were never done. See, I can make, through the computer, it looked like I raised the whole cemetery. And it never happened. So, how do I validate then what I'm seeing? I got to have a verse. And that verse says, No one's raising the dead, but whose voice? The Lord's voice, see. So that means I am not doing it. Well, God threw me. No. See, I got verses that debunk that, see. So, when you look at that stuff, having an idea of what's going on, you know. It, it's pretty good here. Uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, watch what Paul says. So think about this. The sign gifts start with Moses. They work all the way through the book of Acts. All right. By the later end of the book of Acts, the gifts are ceasing. They are stopping. They are failing. And the reason for that is the completed revelations coming on board. Now, we're, we're going to look at that here. But Paul talks about this with the Corinthians because they are abusing the situation. They are counterfeiting the, the, the issue. And that's the, that third point here is got to understand what Paul says about this. 13.8, charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Now, this is going to be the gift of prophecies. That's what he's been talking about. If you look back up in chapter 12, look back up at chapter 12, verse 28. And God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. After that, miracles and gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversity of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? See the prophecy. You go back up in verse 8 and 9 and 10 and you get the list of it. Prophecies here, the that issue of, 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 of being able to, to, to get the gift of, 13.8, the, whether they be tongues, so the gift of tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Now think about, the, he's talking about the gift of. He's not talking about knowledge just goes away. John 17 says that eternal life is that we may know Him, know you, the Father. So that's not about knowledge itself. He's talking about the gift. Tongues are going to cease. That means they're going to stop. There's going to come a point in time where they stop. Knowledge is going to give way. Prophecies are going to fail. They're going to stop working. The sign is. Again, the tongues, it's just not them not talking anymore, you know. <laughs> at and always talking and talking, you know. It's not that at all. So clearly he's talking about the gift program and what's going to happen to it? It's going to fail. It's going to cease. It's going to vanish away. Now watch verse 9. Watch him. So watch how Paul does this. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. So what do we have? We have partiality here. We have partial knowledge, and we have partial uh, prophecy. So we only have a piece of it. We don't have all of it. We only have a piece of it. Verse 10, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. And everybody, every commentary I have, every book I've read, looked into, says, oh, that's when we see Jesus in heaven. You tell me in this passage, in the context of chapter 12, 13, and 14, which is about sign gifts, where heaven ever is talked about, or seeing Jesus. And then, by the way, show me a verse where God says, you're not to grow to maturity until you get to heaven. He says you're to be what? You're to grow now. You're to grow up now. Grow into these things, see? So, (laughs) The context here is about the gift. It isn't about coming to see Jesus face to face and all that stuff. That's just poetry in a hymn book somewhere. No, what is he talking about? Perfect. When perfect comes, well, what would be perfect? Well, in verse 9, if I have partial, then what would be perfect? Complete. See? Mature, complete knowledge. So what does away with partial knowledge? Complete knowledge. What does away with partial prophecy? Complete prophecy. So we've we've got a situation here that when we get the full information from God, when we get the full revelation, partial knowledge, now we got full, perfect knowledge, then what happens? That gift goes away. Come over to Ephesians 4. Watch Paul do this in Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, and then we'll go to, well, I told you Ephesians 4. Uh, Run back to Romans 15, just real quick here. I was going to go to 8, but we'll get in another time, or 12, but we'll get there another time. Romans 15 Because I don't want you to think that Paul didn't do when evident, obviously, Paul does. There's basically just a couple reasons why Paul is going to go and do the signs of the apostles. Romans 15, 18. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ hath not wrought by me, to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed. Again, he's going to preach a message, and then there's a deed, through mighty signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem round about unto Iliachim, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Notice, the th- why did he do the mighty signs and wonders? To confirm the word that he's preaching to who though the Gentiles. Now you got to think about what's going on in the early days of Paul's ministry, as he goes out there now and he's preaching to the Gentiles that the salvation of God and the salva- salvation is now sent to you guys. And here it is, and they're looking at him like, "Aren't you the guy that was just killing the Jews?" I mean, you got you think about where Paul is. <laughs> Think about when Paul goes into, into the synagogue as his manner is, and they're sitting there going, wait a minute, weren't you just at the council meeting and you were killing these people? And now you're in here telling us we're dying on our way to hell? What you know, just the. And so what does Paul have to do? He's got to do some signs, see? To do what? To confirm the word that's from, that the he he's got is from God. So Paul uses come over to 1 Corinthians 14 I know I we'll get to Ephesians 4 just you got to think about this you, you got to drag the emotion out of it and you got to think about it because it, it Paul he's does the signs to confirm the word by the way how does an how would the Jew know that Paul, that thing in Acts. Um, oh, I gotta find it. Acts chapter nine, verse. Well, you got Ananias. The Lord tells Ananias to go and get Saul of Tarsus, verse thirteen. Then Ananias answered, "Lord, I have heard by many of this man." How much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. <laughs> His reputation is Saul of Tarsus, is out there. Uh, Acts 9, uh, look, verse 31. Verse 30, which when the brethren knew they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him forth to Tarsus, then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified and walked in fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. You think about, here he 1 Corinthians 14, here he is, he's out there doing sign gifts. How does that Jew know that what he's saying is, is from God? I mean, he could have just been another wacko. Wacko from Waco, you know? He's another whack. What's he doing? He goes and does a sign gift and it confirms it. And you see it at Corinth. Because where is the church at Corinth? Right next door to that synagogue, see? He's over there at Corinth and what are they doing? They're doing the gifts. Look at 1 Corinthians 14. If you look at verse 22, well, verse 23, sorry. If therefore the whole church come together into one place and all speak with tongues, see, they're doing the gifts. Verse 26, sorry, that's the verse. How is it then, brethren, when ye come together, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath the revelation, hath an interpretation, let all things be done You see, they come together to do what? They're doing the gifts. By the way, what happened? Crispus, he's the pastor of the synagogue, chief leader. He sees the Gentiles doing their gifts. He goes, what's up? Goes over, has a conversation. Now he's a member of the church, the body of Christ, and at the church there at Corinth, the Grace Church. They send in another guy, Sosthenes, Back up, preacher. Here he comes, and he's like, "All right, well, let me investigate this." Comes over, starts studying with Paul. Paul, okay? and again, Paul. What are they doing at Corinth? They're doing the gifts, but not just at Corinth. At all of the local churches, they're doing this. See, Corinth is here in the book because of the rebuking, the reproof stuff, and Sosthenes joins the church, the Grace Church at Corinth. See. So even Paul does signs to provoke the Jews to jealousy, but then also to work amongst the, uh, uh, the work amongst the, um, the, the Gentiles to confirm, because he doesn't have a Bible. He doesn't have a written word yet. And by the way, what, what the complete knowledge, the perfect come, 1 Corinthians 13, That is a reference to the completion of the scriptures. And that's what we're going to see here as as we move along. In order for him to say to the Jews, your God left you, and he's over here now working with the Gentiles, and them not think he's a lunatic, he has to do what? He has to do the sign gifts. But eventually, what do they do? They stop. They cease. Okay? Now, I don't know where you're at. I'm right here in Ephesians 3, so come to Ephesians 3, Uh, and get 1 Corinthians 14. I told you to stick something in 1 Corinthians 14. Now, look, if you will, at verse 23 again. If, therefore, the whole church come together into one place, and all speak with tongues, And there come in those that are unlearned or unbelievers. Will they not say that ye are mad? So they are doing the gifts. Now look at verse 26. How is it then, brethren, when you come together, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation? So the gifts are being used to communicate the doctrine to the believers, They didn't have a completed word yet, like we do. Look at Ephesians 3. So there are, the gift of the prophet is there. The the doctrine comes in, the gift of the doctrine, the gift of the revelation. Now, you have to think this through. Ephesians 3, verse 2. If you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given me to you word. By that revelation, he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in a few words, whereby, when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. So, Galatians one, when the Lord Jesus Christ communicates the information to Paul, Paul obviously he gets thrown in prison so he can sit and write it all down. But the 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 process is the Lord to Paul, and then Paul's going to write it. For the written record. But look at verse 5. Which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets. Now who would that be? That's the gift, the, the office of, the gift of the apostle, the gift of the prophet in the local churches that make up now the body of Christ. We don't have a completed word yet. He's still writing But notice it's by, what though? By the Spirit. Now think about this. The Lord gives the information to Paul. Once it reaches Paul, the Holy Spirit picks it and then bleeds it out to the rest of the church. And he does it through the gift of the apostle, the prophet, the teacher, the pastor, the evangelist, those authority by when we get over there you read that list in first corinthians 12 first apostles, secondary prophets thirdly this and then after that everybody else those first three are critical why because the lord gives the information to the uh to paul then from paul then once it hits paul the spirit searches the deep things of god grabs it and just pulls it right out to everybody else in those, through the gift system, until what? Until the word is complete. They didn't have text messages and emails. I saw a thing on the news the other morning about who sends uh, Christmas cards out. And something like 60% of people say they'd still do it. And I'm kind of surprised, you know, because we don't go snail mail very often. You see, they didn't have to do that. By the way, lest you forget, you didn't have text messaging or email until about 20 years ago, <laughs> okay? You, you know, you, we think about, we, I don't think we think sometimes that uh, maybe, maybe 25 years ago now, I, I don't, you know, but when Christ reveals it to Paul, then the Spirit, that's why in Ephesians 3, 5, unto his holy apostles and prophets, who are those? That is not the little flock in Israel. Because where are we? He just told you. We're in the dispensation of the grace of God. So then who's this? Now we're back in 1 Corinthians 12, but we're going to go to Ephesians. Actually, we're over in Ephesians 4, okay? So you've got to think this through and the process and the study. Then this the Spirit, by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit uses the that. Office of the prophet. By the way, what does a prophet do? Yea, hath God said. When Paul writes it down. By the way, he's writing it. Who's in his ear? The Holy Spirit. Why? Because God's revealed it. The Lord Jesus Christ revealed it to Paul. Paul writes it down. He's got it there. The Holy Spirit's done delivered it out. Then when they get the epistles, they can say, Scripture, not Scripture. They've got the, the gift of. Okay? The Holy Spirit uses that office, the office of to reveal the truth, to get it out. So, in other words, the believer is not waiting for Paul to write to learn and to grow and to move forward. See, when he writes the book of Romans to the saints which are at Rome, that means there are already believers at Rome. Who have what? Understand justification. Who understand sanctification? Who understand the four pillars? Because they've already had it revealed to them. He's just now Acts twenty get twenty twenty one getting to write it down. They get it. Ah, the Spirit says that's that's epistle number one. Let's put it in the right place and off you go. See, now come over to Ephesians uh, chapter four. So a, there is a legitimate use of the sign, the spiritual gifts in the body of Christ until the completed revelation is given. Once the completed revelation is given to the Apostle Paul, then there is no need for the signed gifts to continue at all because the word, the revelation of God is complete. Now, Ephesians 4 Look at back up at verse 7. We'll start, at, we're just jumping in here. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore, he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive, and gave gifts unto men. Now, verse 8 is very important. Where was he when he gave the gifts? Not on the earth. See, where is he? He's ascended up on high. Now, verse 10. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill. So where is he? He's not out here in the second second heaven, which, by the way, that is where Stephen sees him in Acts 7. That's where he ascends up in Acts 1, see, where they see him go up. He is where? He is far above all heavens. He's out in that third heaven, and then he reaches in and with the body of Christ, and he gives gifts. What did he give? Verse 11, and he gave, again, past tense, some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. He gave. Now, these are not the 12 apostles. These are not Israel's prophets of the prophetic scripture. These are the the guys that come after his ascension. Where is he? He's far above. He's verse 8. He ascended up on high. Verse 10, he's far above all heavens. So this is body of Christ. Not Acts 1, not Acts 7, not Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. None of that. So what did he give? He gave apostles, prophets, uh, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. By the way, you do know that these gifts go away because in 2 Timothy 4, Paul tells Timothy to go do the work of an evangelist. If it was a gift to Timothy, he wouldn't have to do much working at it. It would just naturally come because it's the Spirit working through him. But he does now he's got to go do what? Now he's got to go do work. See? Verse 12, why did he give them? For the perfecting of the saints. Let's bring the saints to maturity, perfection. Grow them up. Grow up into this grace. How do we do that? The message is revealed to Paul. The Holy Spirit takes it, feeds it out through the gift system. So the apostles and prophets get it, and they can communicate it to the group. For the work of the ministry. Perfected saints do the work. Now watch. For the edifying of the body of Christ. This is how the church is built up. Verse 13, first word, till. So he gave the gifts till. That's a timing element. Not a continuation, not an ongoing thing to make your life wonderful. It's till, okay? That's what 1 Corinthians 13 said. We've got partial right now. When we come to the perfect, the partial's done away with. Why? Because we have perfect knowledge. Now watch verse 13 carefully, every word, till we all come in the unity of the faith. Not into the unity of the faith, which is how it's read by everybody almost. Hopefully not you and I. Okay? This is not heaven. This is not waiting for the rapture. In the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son unto a perfect man. Under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So the gifts are on board till what? Till we come in the unity of the faith. Again, there's no verses in Scripture. There's nowhere in Scripture that we are told to wait till we get to heaven to grow up. Just the opposite. We're told to grow up now. He, Paul, to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 3, your babes, I want to feed you with some meat, Hebrews 5. I... They're babes, unskilled in use of the word, and I want to get you adults where you're skillful use of it. So we come into the in the unity of the faith. We come to a place where we don't have a partial faith, but a united faith, the perfect man. Second Timothy three, verse sixteen and seventeen. For all scriptures given by inspiration, of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man may be perfect, that the man of God may be perfect. What is that? Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So maturity. How do I get there? I've got the completed word, the measure. I love that. The measure, the standard. What's the standard? The completed word of the statue of the fullness of Christ. When the fullness of the revelation that when the perfect man, the complete knowledge that God has for us is there, then there's no need for the gifts. Now the gifts are given till that comes. Again, it's here, we have the Word of God, the gifts are gone, they're done. So if you, by the way, if you believe that gifts are still ongoing, then according to the, these verses, you have to believe that the, the, revel, the, the revealing, the, the revelation is still go ongoing, and that he's still making known more truth, that the word of God is what? Not complete. So now when you have those visions and all that good stuff, you better start writing it down because we need to have it to add it to it. So the sign program has passed away. Why? Well, because the completed revelation has been made known in written form in the book sitting in your lap. So what the critics of Mark 16 do, come back to 1 Corinthians 12, is that they sit over there and they say, well, we're going to say that this part... We're just going to leave it out because they don't understand the issues of dispensational Bible study. God has said, when you, talk, when you think about 1 Corinthians 12, when you think about the completed word, that means that God has said everything he wants to say. Then there's no need for any more. He has said everything. And the idea that God is still speaking, revealing, making known things is very dangerous because it makes it subjective to you, how you feel, how you think about this when God's word says, it's done. All scripture is given. It's done. And again, you have to be very, you, <laughs> believing in the sign gifts and so forth, functioning today, 2023. 2023. Well, you know, it's amazing, it's almost over. It is a dangerous situation. Now, First Corinthians 12. in First Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, Paul deals with the sign gifts. And I just want we got 10 minutes real quick here. And I just want to look at it. And when we get into this stuff in our First Corinthians study. We're actually going to spend months looking at this in detail. Uh, heads up, you. Yeah, so when that comes, it might be time for a vacation, <laughs> because what because of the confusion that comes about because of Christianity and the failure to rightly divide the word. Okay, and the, again, who do the, Why the signs confirm the word preached? Who do they belong to? Israel. And then the third issue is that they can be counterfeited, and that's the problem at Corinth. Chapter 12, verse 1, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. He's going to talk to them now about spiritual gifts. Verse 11, But all these worketh, that one and the selfsame spirit, Dividing to every man severely as he will. Who gives the gifts out? The Spirit does. Not you. Ooh, 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 I want the tongue talking one. Or, ooh, 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 I want this. No, you don't do that. He does it. And by, well, jump ahead of myself. He clearly, God is the one giving each, each the gifts. He's giving them the gifts that he wants them to have. Again, the list in verse 8, 9, and 10 there. And then down in verse 28 and following. He wants, you're going to get what God, God wants you to have that. And that's the one you get. Verse 28, and God hath set some in the church. How much clearer can you get there? Who did this? Well, I had a movement. yeah, we wondered about that movement. <laughs> you know I had a feeling. See now we're over in uh, subjective stuff. okay? So you have to, again, what you have is you got to have a verse. When you got a verse that and this happens, now that's not subjective, now it's objective. Now we're confirming, see, verse 28. God did this. No one else. Verse uh, uh, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. After that, help. After that, miracles. Then gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversities, tongue. Now watch the question, verse 29. Are all apostles? Okay. What would be the question? What would be the answer there? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Are all workers of miracles? No. Have all the gifts of healing? No. Do all speak with tongues? No. Do all interpret? No. So obviously, everybody has a gift given to them by God, but not the same one. So what are they doing at Corinth? They're all claiming to have the tongue-talking gift, that means some do legitimately and others what? They're faking it till they make it. They're making it up. See, they're counterfeiting it. Everyone doesn't have the same gift. So every now Paul uses the tongue talking because that the speaking in tongues because that's the one that uh, the Corinthians are abusing because it puts puts every puts all the eyes look at you when you're going to talk in the tongues, okay? Now, watch chapter 14, because in chapter 14, Paul is rebuking them, and he's going to use two gifts to do it with. Verse 3, But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. What's, that? What's the design of the gift of the prophecy? To edify, to comfort, to exhort. By the way, just FYI, your Bible, the written word, does all three of those now. You don't need the gift. Verse 4, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. Now, wait a minute. Now, the guy speaking in the tongues, by the way, unknown in what sense? Not unknown in that it's gibber, baby talk, you know, the baby gibberish. Unknown in that it's not known by the audience in the room. If if someone came in and started speaking German, none of us would know German. Well, maybe, I don't know, maybe some of you might, <laughs> okay? See, we but it's an unknown tongue to us, not unknown in that it's, you know, the Jabberwocky stuff from Star Wars, okay? If someone came in and started speaking Spanish, we might have a little easier way to under. Because we're around that more, how you know that? By the way, is in Acts one, when Peter and the boys start speaking in tongues, and it's in front of all the known, or not Acts one, Acts two, all of those, and they're like they're talking in our language, in our tongue, and you've got all of the representatives of the world there, all the countries of the world represented. Verse five. I would that ye all spake with tongues, but ra- I'm sorry. I would that ye all spake with tongues, but rather that ye prophesied. For greater is he that prophesied than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret, that the church may receive edifying. Which is better, edifying yourself or edifying the church? The church. That's the goal. Of, that's the point of the of, of the signs. So when we're talking in a a tongue that no one knows, no one's edified. You want to have the gift over here that's going to be more helpful, and that's the prophecy tongue. That's the prophecy. Drop down to verse 23. If therefore the whole church be come together into one place, and notice, all speak with tongues. If the whole church is doing this, then that's a problem because the spirit doesn't give everybody the same gift he gives the gifts out the way he is doing it he so if you're in a situation and everybody in the room is speaking and one that's a red flag that there's counterfeit going on okay now the only way you're going to catch the counterfeit is to have a verse that says this is what it looks like. You with you follow what Paul's doing here? No. Yes. No. Okay. Well, I'm going to go through it so you can catch up. Counterfeiting the gift of tongue. They're all. If you're all speaking with tongues, well, what are, what are they going to do? They're going to think you're mad because it's not. So he's going to explain now how to identify the counterfeit. Verse 26. How is it then, brethren? When you come together, every one of you hath the psalm, and hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. And again, that's the whole issue of the sign gifts for the body of Christ is the edifying of the church until the completed word is done. Jesus Christ gives the information to Paul. The Holy Spirit grabs it, feeds it out through the apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers. And the whole room then is edified. Verse 27, If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two, or at the most by three, and that by course, and let one interpret. But if there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church, and let him speak to himself and to God. Let the prophet speak two or three, and let the other judge If anything be revealed to another that sitteth by, let the first hold his peace. For ye may all prophesy one by one, that all may learn and all may be comforted. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. Let your women keep silent in the church. For it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. And that's the verse that everybody goes nuts on because oh, the women gotta shut up, you know. The greatest moment in heaven, Revelation says, is there was silence in heaven for thirty minutes. <laughs> that means the women had to be really be quiet, right? That's the big joke, okay? But it's the con in the context, he's not talking about. You can't come in and ask a question, and you can't do this. And, and if you're going to enter the sanctuary, you must. enter. If you're going to, you're going to talk, whisper, whisper a prayer, all that nonsense. What's the context? Speaking in tongues. See, verse twenty-eight. I'm sorry, verse twenty-seven. If it, it's the issue is speaking in tongues. The speaking in verse thirty-four is the. It's again, the Holy Spirit is producing the tongue talking. When the Holy Spirit is doing that, no women are talking or speaking in the tongue. They don't do it. That's rule number one, by the way. If you look at verse 27, if any, what, man speak. And the reason for that is, the reason it's men only is because the speaking in the tongue is a delivering of edification to the church, and that is the role of the authority given to the men in the local assembly. It has nothing against the women. It has everything to do with who, is, who has been given the authority to communicate the doctrine. It sits with the men of the local assembly. It sits within their purview. That's why these gifts that are given are given to men, And everybody goes, oh, you're just anti woman. No, not at all. You have no, if you believe the Bible to be anti women, you've never read the Bible. Because the Bible raises up women, praises them, puts them up, builds them up. See, in the context here, if the Holy Spirit is working and is doing, then it's in the men the authority to edify the local church, it's their job to do it. Well, what if there's no men? Then it won't be there. See, that's the point. Well, can't God? God can do whatever he wants to do, but according to the verses here, he ain't doing it that way. See, we want to wish it to be a certain way, and it's just not so, Charlie Brown. Verse 27. No, look at this. If any, So how do you identify the counterfeit? One, a bunch of women are doing it. Two, red flag, that's counterfeit. It's not real. It's the emotional. By the way, you, you know that you can teach yourself to talk, talk in tongues. Yeah, you can You've tried. <laughs> I've tried too and failed. But supposedly if you do another enough doos and your daddy beat my daddy in dominoes, you, you can do it, you know. But the thing is is, you can counterfeit that. How do you identify it? Well, first, men, only. Then he says, let it be by two or at the most by three. So there's a set number. So it isn't the whole room. It's just the ones that are have, the, have the, the ability. Then he says, and that by course. So Gerald gets up with one, sits down. Ed gets up with one, sits down. Paul gets up with one, sits down. So we have a course or God is not the author of confusion, not this falling out all over the room. But then he says, and let one interpret. Bruce gets up and says, okay, Gerald said this, praise the Lord, hallelujah, you know, Christ died for our sins, was buried, rose again the third day. Ed said, you know, get a job and feed your family. And then Paul said, get a haircut because you look like an idiot, you know, or whatever. Okay, but, but there's order to it, okay? By the way, verse 8, but if there be no interpreter, Gerald doesn't get up, Ed doesn't get up, and Paul doesn't get up. See, There's going to be none of it. There has to be the interpreter. Why? It's for the edifying of the church. That's why, by the way, back up there, and in, in, he, he says there in verse 5, the end of that verse, except he what? Man, a good gift to have is the interpreter gift, because then you're in on the goods. (laughs) Because as Gerald is speaking about justification unto eternal life, you're getting it too. Just as Gerald's getting, you're getting it because you got to tell everybody what it means. And then just as Ed's talking about your walk in Christ and grace and life and everything, you're getting it. You're all like, wow, this is great. And then when Paul talks about glorification and the future and all that, man, you you're see that interpreter is a pretty good piece. But you know what? They didn't want that. They wanted the tongue-talking thing. So they counterfeited it. They made it into something that it wasn't. So then the... Th- <laughs> So those are the rules. There's a few other ones here, but go to Deuteronomy 13. Deuteronomy 13. Because just so you think, don't think that this is just the body of Christ, look at Israel. Deuteronomy 13. So the question then is, is where did the spiritual gifts go? Well, they were withdrawn when they're no longer needed. They're there till... And then they stopped. And they were no longer needed once the completed revelation is, was done. And that's Colossians 1 where Paul talks about, I'm here to fulfill the Word of God, fill it up, complete the Word of God. See. When Paul writes 2, Corinthians, 2 Timothy and puts his pen down at the end there, the Amen, the Word of God is complete. He goes out on the uh, circular by, uh, copy machine of the believers And it's done, and guess what happens? It's done, it's gone, it's over. The sign gives stop. Deuteronomy 13, verse 1, If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and giveth thee a sign or a wonder, and the sign or wonder come to pass, whereof he spake unto thee, saying, All right, so the miracle happened, and it's a real thing. It's not a fake thing, it's not a phony thing, it really happened. Again, when Moses was standing in front of Pharaohs, Pharaoh's magicians made that happen. That wasn't a hocus-pocus David Copperfield thing. That was a legitimate, it happened. But notice what the guy does with the sign. He's saying, let us go after other gods, which thou hast not known, and let us serve them. He uses the sign to confirm The word, the message of the false doctrine, see? The sign worked. It was a legitimate thing, but he then took the sign and he's confirming who led them out of Egypt. Not the little G, the big G. Verse 3, thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet. Or that dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God proveth you to know whether ye love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Ye you shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice and he shall serve, and ye shall serve him and cleave unto him. Don't pay attention to the sign, even though it happened, because it doesn't confirm God's word. He's, he did the sign to confirm false doctrine, bad information. By the way, verse 5, what are they to do to the guy? Take him out there and kill him. Wait a minute. He did the gift, but the gift was doing what? Confirming bad news, wrong doctrine, bad doctrine. So the signs are easily counterfeited. If you have a sign, what does it mean? The only way to understand what it means is God's word has to tell us. And where there's no word, that sign is something else. Now come over to Matthew 7. We're going to get three passages and then be done. Because I'm done. And you're and you look done. Matthew 7, 2 Thessalonians 2, and Revelation 16. Matthew 7, first. Matthew 7, verse 21. Matthew 7, 21. Now, this is in the Lord's Day. And by the way, you need to remember these three verses when you start hearing people talk about, oh, I got a sign the other day, 10-foot Jesus at the foot of my bed. Man, you better watch what you ate the night before. What, or as, the, as it was said there one time, what you smoking there? <laughs> you don't pay attention. Well, because he's not doing that today, the completed word. Romans, uh, Matthew 7, verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord... Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me, in that day, the day going into the kingdom, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. By the way, you know what? All the, Yeah, they did do that. But look at verse 23. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. There are people doing a lot of stuff in the name of the Lord, and you know what the Lord just called it? Iniquity. Ouch. 2 Thessalonians 2. 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 8 and 9. And then shall that wicked, and it's a capital W, so we're talking about the Antichrist, be revealed. Second Thessalonians 2 Thessalonians 2.8, when the Lord shall consume with the Spirit, sorry, whom the Lord shall consume with the Spirit of His mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. There is a there's a system, a religious system system out there that's going to be producing signs and wonders that are lies of the devil. And by the way, verse 10, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they shall believe a lie. You think about the consequences of following a program that is not in place. Satan's got power, Revelation 16. Satan's got power, folks, and he can make things happen and do and they are legitimate. I mean, they are real, but the thing is is how do you know yay or nay? It's God's word that tells you that the, because the sign is designed to confirm the word of God. And when the word of God says all that has ceased, it has stopped because that which is perfect has come, the fullness is here now, then that over here, it's something else. Revelation 16, if you look at verse 13 and 14, and I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, that's Satan, and out of the mouth of the beast, there's the Antichrist, and out of the mouth of the false prophet, there's the false prophet, the unholy trinity. You've got God, you've got the dragon, there's the father. The beast, there's the son. The false prophet, there's the Holy Spirit. And picture. For they are the spirits of devils working miracles, which go forth into the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. They're, what are they doing? They're out doing what? Working miracles. It's not scriptural. It's not of God, it's of the devil. So you got to guard yourself. So when we get back here to Mark 16, now next time, uh, when we get into verse 17 and 18, and we're going to, by the way, Revelation 16, in those events out there, that's the 70th week of Daniel, that is literally when Mark 16, 17, and 18 is going to be in effect. And we'll see that when we look down, th- when we go through them, Okay. And we'll draw that out for you. But you need to guard yourself to what you see. Number one, signs are there to confirm the Word. They have to have a verse. Otherwise, they're suspect. There's something else going on. The signs are not to be the basis of your faith. Your faith is the rest on the Word of God. The doctrine out of that book. Number two, the signs belong to Israel. Israel's been set aside. Their program has been set aside. Then that sign gift has been, yeah, but Rick, what about? It, it's not coming from Scripture. It's something else. And you got to be careful because they can be counterfeited, and they're easily to counterfeit. And again, the way to stay out of the deception is to make the word first, and if, it, if it's true, It'll be in the, and then you see that sign, then it'll be in the book and it'll back it up. And you know what happens? A lot of times it isn't in there. It's just what we wish to happen because we think it, it's amazing. People say, well, you get the Holy, you know, speaking in tongues, the evidence of the, filled with the Holy Ghost. You know that in Matthew 4 and Luke 4, when the Lord goes into the wilderness, the Holy Spirit takes him out there. He's just filled with the Holy Spirit in the end of the in chapter 3. He goes out into the wilderness. He does not perform any miracles. He's full of the Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit's in him. He goes out, he doesn't perform any miracles. He doesn't do anything. He just says it is written. It is written. It is written again. <laughs> and off you go. So just cuz you got the Holy Spirit does not mean you instantly get a spirit a sign or a gift or any of that. Now religion makes that way for you so they can have dominion over your faith. A much freer way is understanding that God's not operating that way and to let the word of God come in and help you with the circumstances of life. By the way, the gifts in the Old Testament as they were given and even in even in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John were never designed to make life easy. It was always designed to confirm the message and the word of the Messiah, that he's Messiah. Now, yes, healing helped people, yes, but it was more of confirming the Messiah's message than helping people have an easy life, because guess what happened to those people? They got sick and died eventually, see? So it wasn't to make life easy. It was to confirm the word of the Messiah, that he is that. So when we get into Mark's, uh, when we get into verse 17 and 18, next start next time, We'll see where these actually really are going to be played out in, and where that is, is out in the 70th week, in the tribulation period, and we'll look at all of that, okay? All right, I kept you a little over an hour. I apologize, but when you're